Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Donald Trump surrenders. The former president will be booked at Fulton County Jail, facing charges that he attempted to overturn the results of the 2020 election. We will go live to Atlanta, Georgia, and debate whether any of his rivals have any chance of stopping him. Chaos at the Kremlin. Could Wagner mercenaries seek revenge for the assassination of their top dog? And should the West fear the demise of Putin? We'll debate later. Plus, my friend, a run of box office flops could cost Disney a billion dollars. Critics say it's putting virtue signaling beyond entertainment. Now they're demanding the woke remake of Snow White is scrapped. We'll find out why. Live from the News Building in London, this is Piers Morgan Uncensored with Jeremy Kyle. A very good evening and welcome to Piers Morgan Uncensored. Yes, it's me, Jeremy Kyle. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Now, eight Republican presidential candidates went to battle last night. The winner, though, somehow, was the elephant not in the room. Former President Donald Trump skipped the debate. Tonight, he's heading to Fulton County Jail in Georgia, where he'll be arrested and will pose for a mugshot that's set to become one of the most iconic images in world history. And that splitting legal headache is just one of the reasons why his battle for second place still matters. It's a big if. If Trump drops out or drops dead, one of these people will go head-to-head with a president who's visibly falling apart. And that means one of these people could well become the leader of the free world. Is there anyone on stage who would not support the increase of more funding to Ukraine? We would would not support it. I will have Europe pull their weight. Uh, Right now, they're not doing that. Let us be honest as Republicans. I'm the only person on the stage who isn't bought and paid for, so I can say this. The climate change agenda is a hoax. I've had enough already tonight of a guy who sounds like ChatGPT standing up here. You want to go and defund Israel? You want to okay, let me address that. I'm glad you brought that up. I'm going to address each of those right now. You have no foreign policy experience, and it shows. Now is not the time for on-the-job training. We don't need to bring in a rookie. We don't need to bring in people without experience. If former President Trump is convicted in a court of law, would you still support him as your party's choice? Six of the eight. 
Governor Ron DeSantis is the only contender who's anywhere near Trump in the polls. But ever since he first dared to trash Trump in an interview with a certain Mr Morgan, you might recall, it's been Don against Ron. And no prizes for guessing who's winning that fight. Instead, the candidate everyone's now talking about is the man who can't stop talking, another uncensored regular, Vivek Ramaswamy. He's winning over Trump's supporters, and you can see why. Let's just speak the truth, OK? President Trump, I believe, was the best president of the 21st century. It's a fact. And Chris Christie, honest to God, your claim that Donald Trump is motivated by vengeance and grievance would be a lot more credible if your entire campaign were not based on vengeance and grievance against one man. Now, Trump may well have been a great president, and plenty of people would agree with that, but can he really be a great president, potentially from behind bars? And can anybody in the Republican Party stop him from winning? For more on this, I'm joined by Atlanta-based lawyer Rachel Kaufman. Rachel, uh, thank you for joining me on Piers Morgan Uncensored. Just to give us a flavour, what is the atmosphere like right now in Atlanta, Georgia, where for the fourth time uh, the ex-president Donald Trump's about to be facing, well, more charges? What's it like there? Well, so it, my understanding is that there's people lined up outside of the jail. Like, there's people protesting um, Trump being um, forced to surrender. There's people who are there cheering on the effort of the prosecutor in furtherance of the prosecution of Donald Trump and the other 18 co-defendants. Um, I think by by having him turn himself in and requiring him to take a mugshot, I think that the Fulton County DA is is signaling to the world that it's different in Georgia. He's not he's not going to get treated um, like he's you know like he's the former president. Rachel, is this the first time that Trump will have to provide that mugshot? Because as I said in the introduction, that will become an iconic image for the ages, won't it? Absolutely. You just kind of wonder if he's thinking about what he's going to do, how he's going to pose. And even in the moment when someone snaps a, you know, a photo of you, some people's instinct is to smile. Um, I'm curious the kind of face he'll make. We saw what um, Rudy Giuliani's face looked like. He looked very angry and bitter to be there. Um, there was a Miss Ellis, one of the other co-defendants, is smiling and look, it looks like a headshot. Um, <laughs> you know, like for an actor looking for I mean, work. It is, it is extraordinary for us in the United Kingdom. I mean, this is, this is the most extraordinary thing that we will follow and follow. You know, an ex-president about to be indicted for the fourth time, a man who publicly said some weeks ago, give me one more and I'll make it to the White House again, played out in front of 300 million people. And, uh, and Rachel, I just wanted some idea, because we're, we're loving every minute of this, Time scale for this afternoon. What, when are we expecting the Donald to sweep into Fulton? I expect he'll be there in the next hour. I don't think that he'll go there in the early evening. I think that it'll be between, I don't know, between 3 and 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. But because there's already a bond worked out, he probably won't spend that much time there. So I want to say that, you know, they're, they're saying that he's not going to get any special treatment, and in many ways he's not. He's going to feel the full force of the law in a way that I don't believe he's felt it with the other three indictments. Um, this is a serious, serious prosecution. However, um, most people who are charged with felonies, with several felonies in Fulton County, Georgia, would usually have to turn themselves in, would not have the opportunity to have a, um, a bond worked out prior to um, surrendering and would have to sit in the jail 
um, which is known for patterns of um, severe, severe abuse and neglect of inmates in the jail. He will not have to sit there overnight like the average inmate and wait for a first appearance calendar the next day when a judge could decide whether or not to grant bond. No, I so mean, there is, some... there, there is a slight difference. He's going to fly in on his private jet, swarmed with a special service, a secret service, and, and go in there. We've heard that, that some of this jail is quite rough, but you're saying it's a, it's a massive moment. We will follow it. And, 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 and Rachel, thank you so much. I mean, this is, this is one of those things that, that we are all fascinated about and we will bring it to you live on talk. Thank you so much indeed. Let's now bring in Donald Trump's former spokesperson, Erin uh, Elmore and former Republican 2020 presidential candidate Joe Walsh for their take on this. If I could start with you, Erin, uh, um, this is it, it, it's an extraordinary thing to ask you, right? Let's start with the debate before we talk about Atlanta, Georgia. This man doesn't even need to turn up and he's going to win. I mean, I only want to ask this. I don't want to disrespect anybody. What does this say about American politics? I mean, this country is messed, but we are watching this open-mouthed. Open-mouthed. Well, I don't think that Donald Trump needs to show up for a debate. He's proven himself. He was the president of the United States. Our current president hasn't agreed to any debates with RFK Jr., so I don't think that there's that much dissimilarity there. But why would President Trump bother to show up for a debate when he's the clear frontrunner by some polls, you know, 20, 30%, there's just no need for it. There's absolutely no need. He's the title fight on that boxing card. He's not going to fight with the welterweights at the beginning while people are filling the seats. Joe Walsh, how do you respond to that? He's the title fight on a welterweight card. It's true, isn't it? The other eight are playing for second. That's it, nothing else, no point to it. I agree with Aaron. There's no point for him to be there. I'd rephrase why. He's the cult leader of a really powerful cult. And barring a jail cell or a heart attack, Donald Trump's gonna be the Republican Party nominee, one indictment or a hundred indictments. He can do no wrong, I mean no wrong, to a decent chunk of the Republican Party base. You said uh, barring a heart attack or a cell, but we know, do we not, and tell me if I'm wrong, both of you, under American law, he could become the next president and still be in jail, for God's sake. Is that all right? Absolutely. Yes. I don't think that the, any of these trials due to due process concerns for any criminal defendant will occur before the election. But, and by the way, for two of the four cases, he would be able to pardon himself. But I believe <laughs> that he is going to be the nominee and there's very little we can do to stop it. I think the biggest reason why he has so much support, a large segment of this country had a massive distrust for politicians and they found someone in Donald Trump who said, I think this person is speaking to me. It made a demographic of the population wake up and realize, hey, there is a swamp in Washington and there is some distrust in the mainstream media. And these people are viciously and happily loyal to Donald J. Trump. Let's just talk about that debate, uh, Joe, if we can, last night. I mean, eight people uh, and, and six. I've got this clip. When asked, even if Donald Trump was convicted, how many of you would support him? Watch this. Six hands went if up. former President Trump is convicted in a court of law, would you still support him as your party's choice? Please raise your hand if you would. So from this side of the pond, it says to me that Donald Trump has such power over the Republican Party that nobody has the political nous uh, to stand up and say, be gone, let's sweep with a new brush and start again. 
to me, uh, from this side of the pond, your country of 312 million people will pick between a man who doesn't know his name and a man who apparently is, is, is a disgrace and could end up in jail. That doesn't say a lot globally, does it, Joe? Well, I'll let my no, colleague answer, and I do have an answer it, to that as well. Go ahead, sorry. It doesn't. It doesn't. It says, and the world needs to know this, America's in a hell of a lot of trouble. We have two major political parties. And right now, one of our major political parties is led by a criminal, somebody who's been indicted four times. Donald Trump said years ago, I could shoot somebody in the middle of New York City and I won't lose any support. That's still true. In fact, it's even truer now. He's moved beyond a cult leader for Republicans. He's a martyr. He's a full-fledged yeah. martyr. And Jeremy, you can't move beyond that moment. That's important, and it's nothing to celebrate. Six or seven. You know, I don't what I don't know what Chris Christie was doing there. He kind of raised his hand too. But six or seven of eight candidates said that they would vote to send a convicted criminal back to the White House. That Wait. is a party, Jeremy, that doesn't give a damn about the rule of law. But can anymore. I jump in before you well, do it, Erin? Erin, can I just jump anything. in? Can I just jump in? I mean, I have to balance both sides, and you've had your say, Joe, but, but the, the Democrats, can they seriously look themselves in the mirror? You look at Hunter Biden, and you look, I suspect, at how a lot of that has not been talked about by the Liberal media, and you question, actually, whether the left or the right have anything about them in the United States right now. Amen, and I agree. Jeremy, look, investigate everybody. If there's suspicion or potential evidence that Hunter Biden, Joe Biden, Donald Trump, anybody committed crimes, then pursue it. The point is, we're at the point with Trump where it's been determined that there's credible evidence. We may get there one day with Biden. We're not there yet. Aaron, just to finish this, a lot of people, Trump supporters would say, it's very imbalanced. It's always about Donald Trump. They've never looked at the Democrats. Your response to that? The problem is, is we live in a country with a constitutional republic, and if I go through these charges, and I know we don't have time, case by case, there are so many problems and dissimilarities and special treatment that Donald Trump is receiving in a negative way. We do not have free speech if your name is Donald Trump, and I do believe that you're having the political party in power and their DOJ prosecuting their biggest political adversary. So to say that as a country that we're in trouble, I think the trouble is they're not just coming for Donald Trump. Everyone else is next. We are supposed to be the freest nation in the world. And by prosecuting Donald Trump, several people, many people, millions of people think that it reeks of political corruption and makes us like a third world dictatorship banana republic, and that's very sad. I always say, and, and I'm very grateful for you both being on, I always say on my own show that, that we should never forget that in the last election in 2020, whatever the criticisms, 76 million of your countrymen and women, which is more than live in the United Kingdom, voted for this man. By the way, can I tell you both, this just out on Truth Social, Donald Trump has just said he expects to be arrested at 7.30pm local time in Atlanta, Georgia, which will be half past midnight here in the UK. We will, of course, keep you updated throughout that. Just one final question, because I've, I've sort of done this up. Can we imagine what that mugshot of Donald Trump will look like? I think we've got something on screen here, my friends. Have we got something up, Hulse? Oh, you haven't done it for me. Oh, there we go. Erin, uh, uh, Joe, thank you so, so much indeed for your time on Uncensored tonight. Very grateful. And for all of you watching, as I've said, we will certainly keep you updated with that news just in. Donald Trump saying he expects to be arrested at 7.30pm local time in 
Atlanta. Right, 12.30 midnight our time next on Uncensored. There really is chaos in the Kremlin. Reports claim that the Wagner Group is plotting revenge for the assassination yesterday of their leader. We will ask if the world should cheer or should they fear the demise of dictator Putin? That's coming next. We're back in three. So apparently, I have to tell you that you can vote for Piers Morgan Uncensored. Do it, please, because we are shot in the eye for so many people. The best TV interview category at the National Television Awards by going online. Do it right now. Have you say nationaltelevisionawards.com or scanning the code on your screen now and put one over. The main man, the goat, needs to win and I won't hear the end of it. Now, let's move on. Wagner Group warlord Yevgeny Prigozhin is believed to be dead. His private jet crashed from the skies north of Moscow last night, just 60 days after he led a failed mutiny. Now, of course, there's fears his mercenaries could seek their own revenge. Today, Putin absurdly sent condolences to the man he suspected of blowing out of the sky. Ukraine and the West tend to cheer chaos in the Kremlin, but history teaches, of course, that the demise of strong men is usually followed by a period of even greater peril. Russia is a country of 26 languages, 100 ethnic groups and 11 time zones spanning half of our planet. Frankly, it's held together by propaganda about a common enemy and by force. And for the past 24 years, that force has been Vladimir Putin. Now we are, should the world fear what would happen without him? It's the big question. Joining me first up, former Russian MP Sergei Markov. We also have security expert Professor Anthony Glees. Gentlemen, uh, welcome, welcome. Um, can I start with you, Sergei? And we'd like to include everybody tonight. Bear that in mind. That clip of Putin uh, offering his condolences uh, to the Wagner warlord. Um, have you have you seen this? Have a, have a watch of this, if you would, my friend, please. I knew Prigozhin for a very long time. Since the early 1990s, he was a man with a complex destiny and he made serious mistakes in life. He achieved the results he needed both for himself and, when I asked him, for the common cause, as in these last months. He was a talented person, a talented businessman. Sergey, that is the most absurd, insincere thing I've ever heard in the history of my life. Surely you would agree. It's just because you lost the connection with reality. Connection with reality, reality is saying that all terrorist attacks have been organized by Ukrainian authorities. Vladimir Zelensky was personal enemy of Evgeny Prigozhin because Zelensky claimed Bakhmut as a um, um, symbol of um, strong spirit of Ukrainian uh, nation. But uh, uh, Evgeny Prigozhin crashed Ukrainian army and took control of the Bakhmut in the uh, big battle during a uh, uh, few months. Sergey, my sure problem with that, Sergey, Sergey, my problem with that, we've spoken before and you never, you never listen. My problem with that is, if you are, if, are you going to listen? Are you going to listen? Why you don't, why you don't shut, why you shut me up? Why you don't want a lot to say? Zelensky can repeat. Give I know you don't order. understand democracy in order. Russia, personal but both order. people are supposed to be able to talk, my friend. I'm asking you this. Are you literally that indoctrinated that you believe that a man 
Putin shot that plane down and appearing on it. Anthony Gleeson, help me out. It's the most ludicrous thing I've ever seen. Would you not agree, sir? Oh, ab ab absolutely. The, the British people are many things, but they're absolutely not stupid. They know a liar when they see one. They know a coward when they see one. They know a war criminal when they see one. We've got a doughty history of going after people like Vladimir Putin. And to watch him smirk uh, and think that he's pulled a fast one will convince nobody in this country, and I think will convince nobody in Europe. Of course he shot Prigozhin down. At the same time, as we just heard in our very interesting clip, Putin is too afraid to actually damn him. People will be reminded of Brutus's speech with the death of Julius Caesar. comes to bury praise Caesar, not to, to bury him. Actually, Putin does not dare say, I did it. We know he did it. Why Prigozhin went off in this plane uh, with his closest advisors, that remains a mystery. But ever since uh, the rebellion raised by Prigozhin, we have known that either Putin was a dead man walking or Prigozhin was a dead man walking, and very probably both. So we're not convinced by this. And President Putin needs actually to just clear off because nobody thinks that what he is saying is true. He's killed repeatedly. He kills traitors. He come to Britain to kill people he thinks are traitors. Anthony, can I, Anthony, can I ask you a question? And, 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 and Sergey, your response in a tick as well, please. Um, if we talk about Putin's mindset, and we imagine that when Prigozhin uh, stood up against him and started that march to Moscow, that really was the first time in 24 years that there had been dissent. What would Putin's mindset be right now? Is it... Are we looking at the beginning, the slow beginning of the end, or does this killing... And let's label it a killing, cos undoubtedly it was. Does that cement his, his, his authority once again over the Russian people? Firstly, Anthony. No, it's a sign of weakness. Yes, he, he may shore up his position in the short term, but nobody should be in any doubt at all things are going badly for Putin. He's not winning in Ukraine, and he's got to win in order to win. The Ukrainians have simply not got to lose in order to win. He didn't dare go to Africa to speak to the BRICS nation. He delivered this ridiculous talk to them, saying that Russia would lead the anti-colonialist fight against the West. Uh, if the African leaders were stupid enough to believe him, I feel very sorry. But there can be no bigger colonialist in the world today than Vladimir Putin. He's in big trouble. He needed Prigozhin. Okay. He needed Prigozhin. Okay. That's okay. the point. And now he's had to kill him. Let me so let me bring Sergey back. Weaker, not S stronger. Sergey won't want to acknowledge this, but let's say that this is the beginning of the end of Vladimir Putin. What would happen next, Sergey? What would happen to Russia? What would the Kremlin do? What does this say? for Russian philosophy right now? First of all, forget about Vladimir Putin replacement until war against Russia continues. United States, Great Britain, possibly to say Small Britain, uh, and another NATO country conducting hybrid war using the Ukrainian proxy army uh, against Russia. When this war continues, 
Russians will not replace Vladimir Putin. If your war against Russia will continue 20 years, Putin will uh, keep uh, his presidency additionally uh, 20 years. He's very sporty, medicine is very good, so he can live until 100 years. But if your war against Russia finished, Putin, I think, will see one a year, and then he will uh, give the power not just himself, but whole generation of these, uh, you know, small uh, 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 baby boomers uh, will be replaced in Russia by new generation, which main goal will be not to protect Russia from uh, aggression of United States and Britain, but to modernize country, to develop Russia, and so on. It means that your war is giving uh, to, Paul, uh, to Putin additionally yes and yes uh, duty uh, to be uh, the president. Sergey, um, one final question. Uh, we know where your loyalties stand, and I understand that this is about both sides of the argument. I suspect even you, my friend, would say to any, uh, you know, up-and-coming warlord, not to go on a private plane across Russia. That would be good advice, Sergei Markov, yeah? Uh, you know, uh, Wagner Group, uh, and Prigozhin, by the way, was a reader of my Telegram channel, sometime even give me uh, his responses to some of my yeah. uh, analysis. And uh, Wagner Group play a very important role in the crisis period. He allow, uh, he give uh, the time to Russian army to build this defensive line, and uh, now Russian army more more uh, Sergey Markov, uh, as ever, an absolute pleasure. You blow my mind, I have to say. Anthony Gleason, thank you very much indeed. Unbelievable. Now a place where they will be watching these events of the last few uh, days and hours extra closely is, of course, Ukraine which ironically today is celebrating its independence day. And I'm delighted to be joined now by Ukrainian MP Kira Ruddick. Kira, how are you? Lovely to speak to you again. Hello, Jeremy. Thank you so much for having me. And let me use this opportunity to thank all of the people of Great Britain for the fact that we are celebrating our independence today. Well, we are so happy to be alive and to be fighting. And thank you for standing with us. Uh, my pleasure, our pleasure. I'm going to pick up two things Sergei Markov said. The first was he called my country small Britain. Try that again, Sonny, and there'll be trouble. But, Kira, one thing that happened is yesterday, yesterday, of course, Prigozhin's plane was shot down. The world knows that it was Vladimir Putin. He labelled Prigozhin a, a, a traitor. It was 60 days ago. Uh, Sergei Markov, not uh, at all indoctrinated, said he blamed Ukrainian forces. I'd love your response to that tonight. Well, if we could have blown a plane, do you think it would be a Prigozhin's plane? Very good answer. Um, do you think that what Prigozhin did, although it, it ended with him in exile in Belarus and ultimately his death, do the Ukrainian people believe that this is the beginning of the signs of weakness uh, in Putin and his government? You see, what happened to Prigozhin, we use as a very good argument to everybody who says, oh, you sh have to talk to Russia, you have to strike a deal with Russia. Because it's another additional proof 
that they never keep their part of the bargain. They always lie, and they are a country that still operates by the uh, rule of power, rule of force, and not of the rule of law. And they have been known of doing that in centuries. And still right now, there are people who have those illusions that you can have an agreement with Vladimir Putin and he will uh, honor it. No, look what is happening, what happened to Prigozhin. Uh, and um, uh, this is exactly what we've been telling to everyone. Hashtag I told you so. It's very interesting, Kira, just final question. Um, as we watch uh, uh, the events unfold and the ludicrous comments from Markov and the stuff that's coming out of Russia, I think most people will know the truth. But one of the debates, one of the phrases we have in England is better the devil you know. I think a lot of people would have looked at Prigozhin and thought, my God, is it possible for somebody to be worse than Putin? Do Ukrainians fear what would happen if Vladimir Putin was taken out or removed, that actually the alternative could be even worse for you and your people? The issue is that you will have to fight any devil you meet, any devil that wants to destroy your country, to kill whatever you love. You will have to fight whoever would come. And we are ready to fight any kind of devil. Putin, Prigozhin, whoever else will be there. Uh, Kira Ruddick, Kira Ruddick listen, um, happy, happy uh, Ukrainian Independence Day from everybody in the United Kingdom. Thank you so much for joining us on Censor. We'll see you very, very soon. Right, just after 8.30 and next... Oh, God. Uh, the son of the original Snow White director says that Walt Disney will be turning in his grave at plans to update the classic animation after the break. We'll be asking, mirror, mirror on the wall, is this the wokest film of them all? We're coming back in three. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Welcome back to Uncensored. Yes, J.K. standing in for the big dog as he lounges in the sun. We're working our backsides off. Now, let's move on. The backlash against the so-called woke Snow White remake continues to grow. 
as the son of the original film's director says his dad and Walt Disney would be turning in their graves at the proposed changes. And for those not following this saga, let me fill you in. Firstly, you sit in comfortably, then I'll begin. It all started when the character of Snow White, so-called in the original cartoon because her skin was white as snow, was given to Rachel Zegler, a Latino actress. Then behind the scenes pictures were released that showed the iconic seven dwarves had been replaced by seven mostly averagely sized magical creatures. And finally in a twist none of us saw coming, the new Snow White actress claimed that Prince Charming was, well, just a weird creepy stalker whose scenes could well be cut from the final film, the end. All of this comes as Disney reported $900 million worth of losses in August alone after a series of woke releases tanked at the box office. So my question tonight is, should the new Snow White be put to sleep and scrapped or can it still have a happy ever after? I cannot wait for this segment. Joining me now is journalist and author of The Case for Council Culture, you try saying that, Ernest Owens, and the author and Babylon Bee contributor, Ashley St. Clair. Uh, good evening, one and all. Um, Ernest, you're a massive, massive Disney fan. Um, do yes. you think Uncle Walt would be spinning in his grave at this, uh, well, I don't know how you describe it, this um, remake of a classic? Absolutely not. I think that one of the things that Disney did well with his films was that he remade his own versions of films, of classic Disney films. I mean, really fairy tales that made them more Americanized for the audiences. And I think that this is just in the Disney tradition. Um, and I always tell people that don't like this version or they, they're suspicion they won't like it. Listen, you can go to Disney Plus and you can watch the 1939 version of Snow White in the comfort of your own bedroom until your eyes bleed. But for some of us, like myself, I look forward to seeing this new reimagining of Snow White. And I think so many people need to just give it a shot. Um, can I just say, Ashley, and I, I'm probably, you know, I'm a bit old-fashioned. I'm nearly 60, even older than Piers. Um, I, I just find suddenly Prince Charming's a stalker. Suddenly everything's changed. And, and, and whilst, whilst I understand that the world has changed, you know, my daughters and my kids tell me I'm, I'm an old bugger and whatever, but I, I, isn't it sad that everything, everything, seriously, Ashley, is going to be scrapped? This is just symptomatic of a world, is it not, that says that anything classic is rubbish and we should modernise everything. They're hijacking our childhoods. I'm not sure why they're even calling it Snow White at this point. You're going to have no love story. You're changing the seven dwarfs to seven diverse magical beings. I think it's an absolute atrocity to hijack our, our childhoods in replace for this, this facade of progress. And as you know, Disney's doing this just to be quote-unquote progressive when they're the least progressive company out there. It's all a facade. As you know, they were kowtowing and loudly and obnoxiously complaining about Florida's don't say gay bill while simultaneously cutting scenes about a man going on a date with another man for the release of Avengers Endgame in Russia. Um, I have to tell, I've got a great clip. Uh, Piers Morgan interviewed um, uh, Dylan, one of the dwarfs. Have, have a watch. Behind-the-scenes pictures from Disney's live-action remake of Snow White were leaked this weekend, and there appears to be a sizable problem. Where are the dwarfs? These are roles made for actors of my stature. I can't go out for the Harrison Ford or the George Clooney roles because that's not for me. Right. And now it's taken away? It, it, I don't feel that's right. Ernest, come on, answer that. The poor man's not going to get a job now, man, because we've gone so woke. 
Well, I think that the reality of diversity in film is that that actor should actually be able to have other roles that is not for the Seven Dwarfs. I mean, you look at, you know, Game of Thrones, you look at some of these other... Yeah, but he's not going to play Tom Cruise in... You know, he's not going to be in Top Gun, is he? And he's saying but that... why not? But why that's not? the role I but, want. But, but, but why not? You know, I think yeah. that there was a time where people that looked like me couldn't even be superheroes. And we saw the world evolve around that. So I think that what we need to stop doing is reinforcing stereotypes about the limitations of what Disney films can be, what diversity can look like in cinema, and just get with it. Because at one point, you're wondering, why, where are the roles for people like him? But then you're not considering where are the roles for people of color to be in films like Snow White. You're saying, St. Miss St. Clair, that, oh, your childhood is being hijacked. No, it's not. You can go do... Disney Plus and be nostalgic and watch all of those old films if you want to. But some of us want to be in the current era. Yeah, but here's my point. Here's my point, and I was only here for one night only. I'm allowed to give it. I say this to my daughters the whole time, Ernest, and you and I are going to have this out, and she can smile. I absolutely accept. I absolutely accept that you have different opinions and you want to change things. But what I will never accept is that your generation want to trash everything that's classic and everything Not that true. I believed in. No, no, let me have my say. From my childhood, everything is trash. Everything is non-diverse and it's wrong. Why can't we both live in the same world? Because part of your role was problematic. Cultural vandalism. <laughs> can I say, can I say to you... Can, I didn't have rights. I have rights too, but what, I agree with you. What was, problem, what was problematic about Snow White, though, Ernest, and what they do, and they, they pretend that this is all for female progress and whatever, and what they do is they actually end up erasing women. We saw this with the remake of Mulan, right? The original Mulan had a powerful story arc. She, she persevered through willpower and strength, and in the remake, she's just given superpowers. Um, can I There's jump no in? Story arc. Can I jump in, ladies and gentlemen? Can I just say something, by the way, Ernest, and you need to know this. Apparently, Prince Charming, right, uh, is, is a demonstration of true love on the one hand or he's a creepy stalker. If he hadn't kissed her, she'd still be dead, Ernest. Snow White wouldn't be alive. It's time to reimagine what consent looks like in films in 2023, period. Period. Just write a new movie. Why does it have to be Snow White? Why do you have to remake Snow White? Because that's fun. Let's be artistically creative. And here's the thing. It's going to Google There's at the box office. There's nothing creative about, about it, taking a story it, it, and it, then just... It, it, it's going to be great at the box office. Well, You're going to look at this and well, laugh. You're giving all this great promo. It's not going to be great at the box office, and I'll tell you why, because Disney already had their flops, $800 million box office flops with their woke films like Lightyear and The Little Mermaid. This is going to be a flop, too, and the numbers are showing it. And it's all a facade of progress. I mean, that's an interesting point, Ernest. Disney's losing billions with this woke agenda. I don't think so. I think that well, with... It's not a woke agenda. I can tell you why Lightyear did not do well, because I think in America, we're over, I think, a lot of that Toy Story remakes. That's why I think Lightyear didn't do well. You want to talk about, about the Little Mermaid? Mermaid? I think the Little Mermaid did okay. I, I think it did modestly well, in my opinion. But you have to acknowledge that there were people who had a different agenda against Ariel being a Black character, and that racism was undeniable, and that's what drove it. I don't think racism is going to play a role with Snow White as much, and I think it's going to be successful. But um, I think we need can to... I, can I, I say... This, Barbie. Barbie, this has been, this Barbie has been the highlights. Woke. They said Barbie was too woke, and now it's the highest-grossing film for Warner Brothers Studio. So the far mm. right 
keep pushing their agenda all they want, but the numbers show that people are interested in seeing diverse characters. There will be hits, there will be misses, but that doesn't mean that there's not a chance for if I if people. I could if I could if I could sum up, I I you know my role is to listen to both sides. Nothing wrong with diversity. Completely agree with you, Ernest, but I also uh, agree with Ashley when she says we shouldn't destroy, cancel, obliterate and slag off everything that has come from before. We will agree to disagree. Thank you both very much. And next on Uncensored, really? The TikTok egg-cracking challenge. Really? Where parents crack open eggs on the heads of their kids is dividing opinion. Some say it's unnecessarily mean. The rest of us think it's bloody hilarious. We'll talk about that after the break. We're coming right back. Welcome back to Uncensored. It's the last part of a long evening. I'm joined now by the Pat, that's what they call him here, political journalist, I love her, Ava Santina, <laughs> and talk TV presenter Richard Tice. We're back together. All right, but you don't love me. I mean, it's, you know... I don't love you. <laughs> he will. He said what he said, all right? He said yeah. what he said. Lovely to have you back. Uh, listen, can we start? We've got so much to talk about, and I'm going to go right at it, and Ava Santina's going to start on me. India, yesterday, celebrating landing a rocket on the moon, something like that, and yet we send billions of pounds, millions of pounds of international development aid. Why don't they use their own bloody money rather than ours? I Serious question. I just think it's an overly simplistic way to look at the argument. Well, I think, give me you know, an unsimplistic okay, way. Well, OK, for the last, what, decades, there have always been millionaires, there have always been billionaires in certain countries, but it doesn't mean that those billionaires and millionaires are willing to share their wealth. And therefore, if there is an opening and you need to provide aid to people, then that's our duty as humanitarians to do so. Yeah, but the mission costs $75 million, Richard Tice. Am I and missing we, the point sent, here? We've sent billions of pounds of our money to India. They're an important Commonwealth country, but it's for them to make their decisions. If they can afford to have a space programme, which they've actually had for decades, yeah. then they should say, look, actually, we don't need your money. We're making these decisions, and we're deciding to send equipment to space rather than to try and improve the life of the billion-plus people in India. The whole thing's absurd. But it's our stupidity. They're laughing at our ridiculous but foreign aid programme run by our clueless civil servants. The whole thing's absolute outrageous of all of our cash. Uh, cheap shot. Benedict Spence said on Jeremy Carr Live earlier, this is a complete con, this is to get a trade deal with India. That's no, what that's, it is. And, 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 and he's completely wrong on that. Oh, well, there this we is, go. This is just our woke, virtue-signalling civil service wasting our cash. The Be blob. The blob. No, and that's what can it is. Can I move on? Prince Andrew, uh, idiot. Sorry, my opinion. Uh, he, he thinks, this deranged human being who can't get anything right, that it would be a good idea to try and get his state-funded security, about £3 million a year. Pretty Patel, the one that does that, apparently has been supporting while she backtracked today. This is ludicrous. He will never get back. Yeah, there's some kind of weird subservience about that Pretty Patel response. Look, I, I don't think that Pretty the... Pretty stupid. Uh, yeah, it is stupid. And I don't really think that the monarchy should be seen as anything other than celebrities, especially ones that have been disgraced and have been now mm. removed, you know, had their titles removed. I just look, there, there are a lot of people out there who are infamous and are at potential under attack by the public. Look, I get death threats every day. Apparently, Prince Andrew gets them as well. Should I get a three million pound security bonus? I mean, from paid for by the taxpayer? I'll that would be ridiculous, you. but you know. It's good. We agree on this one. Do I mean, you? the whole thing's absurd. Absolutely. What on earth Pretty Patel thought she was doing, you know, supporting Prince Andrew? It's just ludicrous. I don't yeah. understand. I mean, that, that, that criticism of him is this entitled 
you know, human being who doesn't understand anything. Just that just smacks of this. Listen, mate, you did what you did. Go and live somewhere in Scotland with a few quid from your brother and be quiet because you're not coming back. Nobody respects any part of what he's done, and that's understandable, yeah. right? It's kind of giving Violet Beauregard and, you know, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate and Factory. Do you remember when she was like, you know, please, Mum, can I have some Never more? It's like that. Okay, well, she was a very demanding child, and that's what he's giving me. I imagine that you were a demanding child. No, right? never. I took, I took what I was given. No, that's not what your mother <laughs> said. Now, before we get to the egg TikTok challenge, I want to ask you all something. Um, Piers, I, I'm, I'm so, you know, I've been working all day, right? There's a tweet from Piers. Where is this tweet? Uh, is it? Is it? Oh, yes. He did a photograph of himself driving probably his own yacht somewhere in the Caribbean, and he said, and I quote, Clooney or Compo from Last of the Summer Wine. This is because the goat, that's what it says here, has grown a beard, slightly white in my opinion. Um, so Clooney or Compo from the, 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 the Summer Wine, what would you think? I don't think I have a reference for the... Oh, OK. Oh, God. OK, that's quite... I think he looks like a serial killer, think, if I'm absolutely honest. I'm afraid to say he looks terrible and, as you say, very white, very aged. You see, the interesting thing is you lot work with him. I have no... I don't yeah, care if I... I mean, he looks like Compo. No, guys, also... Oh, here we go. Is, he is looks it lovely. because there's two men here, the other man is on a yacht and we're all getting a bit upset about it? Is that what it is? You know? No, so it's a little, because... A we're a couple of silver foxes and might dye our hair. For yourself. <laughs> you are. How I'm old not. are you, Tice? I'm the same age as you, but this is genuine. No, it's not. It is absolutely genuine. That is as dyed genuine. as anything. Absolute nonsense. Do you like older men? Pardon me? Do you like older oh men? Oh, my God, Jeremy! What's wrong with that? <laughs> Jesus! I'm just saying, the silver fox thing, no? Yeah, I mean, look, I have been... I've known to be a fan of that, yeah. There you are, you see, I knew that, because I know her well. <laughs> Do you know what the latest TikTok uh, egg-cracking challenge is all about? This is awful, isn't it? What's going on here? awful. No, but only because the children are so young. Just, just, just have a look at this, because it's extraordinary. So, ow. so, so basically, um, parents cracking eggs on their toddlers' heads. Uh, Dr. Megan Martin, a paediatric emergency medical consultant at John Hopkins All Children's Hospital in Florida, revealed in a TikTok, "I'm not a big fan of this. It's not something that benefits kids in any way. I find it in no way entertaining. It's a disgrace." Do you, what, what do you think? Yeah, I just think it's sad that, like, these kids are spending time with mum and dad and then their reaction is to smack them in the well, face. Well, guess what? <laughs> oh, <laughs> I thought... Who's, who's the kid? Well, it's you. You see? Because no. I look, because I look younger. There is a young man who has worked tirelessly for me for the past year. He's called Luke. He's our youngest member of staff. <laughs> Lukey, come here! He said, I want to be on television more than anything. Are you sure you're all right with this? Now, do I do it on his hair or his forehead? Hold on a minute. Oh, I'm going to get this. Ready? Right, let's just see. Are you all right? Yeah. yeah. This is your first In, moment. Incoming. I want to know Incoming. Incoming. <laughs> oh. Oh. You can tell Jeremy breath. doesn't cook. Am I doing it? Oh, oh, oh. oh dear God. <laughs> um, I, I mean... Oh, my gosh. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> Everything all right, Luke? I wow. ate mess. Are you all right? Yeah. You're not going to... You all right with that? What do you want? Did that hurt? No. Do you feel proud? Yes. Definitely. Can you imagine? Can you imagine when you're a kid saying, Jeremy Carl smacked an egg? This is real journalism. You know, when, when you get older, they, look at this. Forget <laughs> what they say. Go to college and learn how to be a television presenter. Jeremy Carl smashed an egg in my chops. Give Luke a round of applause, ladies and Come on. Fantastic. And I'll, well, you clearly I, don't do much cooking, Jeremy. What? You know, the nervousness you've had about holding Tice, You're clearly not a hunter Tice, with, Tice, with respect, my friend, <laughs> cooking, that's not something you're known for, is it? I'm a great hunter-gatherer. I'm brilliant at breakfast. Those are my specialities. You actually um, foraged those eggs earlier, didn't you? I saw you at the back of the building earlier, foraging for them. 
Uh, no, they were from the spa. Six British large eggs. Um, but well done to Luke, I think fantastic. I've only got about a minute left. Just very, very, very quickly. We were talking about... Pug Pug I can't say his name, the guy that was Pugosian. shot down. Pugosian. Very quickly, 20 seconds each. Is this the beginning of the end of Putin? Does it show weakness, do you think, to finish uncensored tonight? I'm not actually sure that he's dead. I wow. think, yeah, no, I, I'm, I think just watch this space. But, yeah, look, Putin is... is uh, hopefully, he's on borrowed time because he's, he's, he's losing, uh, he's losing his, his, his control and everybody's looking and saying... It's an interesting it's one, isn't it? Yeah, well, I mean, Prigozhin also famously hates the West and he hates, you know, he's very traditional, really can't stand us. And I think if we get on board with him, then we're going to be the ones with egg on our face. I no think one wants to get on board with him. Egg on their face? You see what she did there? <laughs> I think the other thing is, is that you wonder what the alternative would be. I mean, Putin is a frightening human being. But listen, um, I'm sorry, I was, I was put up to that, by the way, but Luke was very happy to do that. You can have the other five eggs. I actually don't eat From... eggs. I'm so sorry. Why not? I don't, I'm sorry. I, don't. I do. Yeah, go on. Well, give them to Richard Tice. He, Richard he could do with them. That'll breakfast. be free. Does yeah. Richard make a good breakfast? I Jeremy. <laughs> he just said he makes a good breakfast. I Listen, say that. thank you very much indeed. The excellent Ava Santina. Thank you, Richard Tyson. Thank you for putting up with me. That's all I have time for Uncensored tonight. Stand by for the talk. Uh, Daisy leading that will be fantastic. Talking about all the news. And don't forget Donald Trump in Fulton County Jail in Atlanta on talk about half past midnight. Have yourselves a great Thursday. We'll see you Monday from 7. Ta ra.